rxmuscle.com brings you Quantum Physiques, building strength and power for your mind, your body, and your spirit. Alternative medicine, muscle growth, mode enhancement, motivation, putting your mind at ease, harnessing your maximum potential. Quantum Physiques, here's your host, Brian Cunningham. And welcome to another episode of Quantum Physiques, where we take no pain, no gain to a whole other level. I am joined tonight by the prodigy, the owner and creator of RxMuscle.com itself, Dave Palumbo, who is the former editor-in-chief of MuscularDevelopment.com. He also is a well-known celebrity bodybuilder himself, a bodybuilding diet coach for top-level IFBB pro bodybuilders, figure fitness, bikini, and men's physique competitors. And also, Dave has appeared on mainstream TV. He was a guest, or had an appearance on, uh, I believe, um, Late Night with David Letterman. He's been in, uh, I think, the Spring Commercials. So he's well-known even in the mainstream audience to some degree. So I want to welcome, without further ado, Dave Palumbo. Dave, welcome to the show. You know, I was trying to evaluate whether your uh, introduction of, my, of me was uh, accurate, and I almost was going to correct <laughs> you, but then I realized I do. I am helping a few men's physique competitors now, so uh, I guess you were pretty accurate <laughs> your introduction. So. Okay. What's up? Well, Ryan, what's much. going on, man? I know, Dave. It's been a while, man. It's been a while since we caught up, yeah. you and I. You, you work for our site, but I never talked to you. No, That's maybe. right. Well, you I and I... You like, more, I talked to you more before we started. you started doing the radio show. That's right. We did. You and I go way back, as, as, as your, a lot of your, uh, of your radio and video uh, fans will know, we've been uh, friends for well, over 20 years now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> having met at the gym. probably a long time. Yeah, having met at the gym. And then also, we both went to New York Medical College, and I remember bumping into you a few times there, actually, as well. Yeah, you know, that was kind of weird, because you recognized me, I think, in the gym from medical school and I didn't never recognize you because you really weren't in the medical school. You were in the Masters of Public Health uh, program. That's right. There. Exactly. And uh, then we kind of kept bumping into each other at the weirdest places like at the uh, that crazy gym at like three in the morning where our, our uh, ex-mutual friend, Dr. Mike, used and to- And mentor. Uh, yeah. Work. We both yeah, on the left from here. That's right. Out. We had this um, mutual friend who was, was a dermatologist. He would train till three in the morning at this gym. He had the key to it and uh, we would go there and we would- uh, ask him tons of questions because he was very, very smart. And uh, Brian would be there at night. I'd be there at night independently of each other. We were the only two lunatics who would be there with him. And uh, he would do endless hours of uh, side laterals on, on the shoulder machine. <laughs> and I kept wondering why he didn't never did shoulder presses with dumbbells. And, and then he, because you know, he had all these injuries. And, you know, I'm 43 now, Brian, and I'm finding that I have become Dr. Mike and in, in their essence, I'm on that side lateral machine now myself, and I can't do any overhead pressing because of all my shoulders. No kidding. Yeah, you had. A, I mean, you had a history of shoulder issues. Just out of curiosity, um, I'm assuming from heavy bodybuilding, right? Obviously, uh, just you know, kind of elaborate on the injury, what you've done, and how you've been able to work around it to still maintain, you know, like for example, your 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 delts and and your shoulders. You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, you you don't realize you have an injury and how bad it is until. And I really wouldn't even say mine's an injury. It's more of a wear and tear type of situation that over the years, you know, it got progressively worse. Why some bodybuilders have joint deterioration, others do not. You know, I know guys that are still bench pressing 405 and they're pressing 405. So I, I don't, I can't figure it out. I guess I just, my joints were not probably meant to be lifting weights of the caliber and magnitude that I was doing. And 
Uh, I wore away some of the connective tissue. I had very loose joints, you know, as opposed to guys that have the tight joints who don't really have joint issues. But what they do is they wind up tearing muscles more. And uh, that it's like two groups. Uh, yeah. I really never tore anything, but 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 I have terrible joints. And, and actually, my the only joints that are really bothering me are the shoulder joints. And what I've had to do is uh, modify my training, you know, over the years uh, to accommodate and not uh, cause as much, you know, rubbing and, and, and grinding in there. And my theory is that if you can, and this is uh, was given to me by a doctor. You know, he said, uh, think of your shoulder joint as a as a door hinge. You know, when the hinge gets old and it gets wrinkling and 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 it starts getting a break, you know, rubbing and 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 making squeaking noises. The more you open and close that joint, that door, uh, the more it's going to wear down. Uh, so what I do is I try to do as least amount of sets as possible in the gym with the heaviest weight I can to stimulate, maximum stimulate the muscle. I get in and I get out. So my workouts are probably around maybe 30, 40 minutes is mo- the most per day. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, of course, the more you oil or lubricate that, that door hinge, the less it's going to squeak and probably the less friction on those moving uh, parts. So obviously there are things you can do to um, facilitate uh, healing, I guess, right? To some degree. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I've tried, uh, you know, the, the Synvisc injections in the joint, uh, which are, you know, like a, a synovial, like I guess you could say it would be artificial synovial fluid, essentially, they inject in there. I actually was crazy enough to do it myself. Uh, I had a doctor friend who sent me some samples of the Synvisc, and I used to have my ex uh, with a spinal tap needle, like, inject it directly into the joint, you know. Uh, via a rear entry it was it was kind of wacky looking you know but that, uh, <laughs> it didn't help that much it didn't really help i found it was really not doing anything and uh so i went really the thing that works the most for me is high high potency glucosamine uh chondroitin msm supplements i i, I specifically made a supplement just for that reason called arthrolyze which is in my species nutrition brand line of products and, it, you know, it gives me about 4,000 milligrams of all those ingredients every single day. And that seems to keep the pain uh, manageable. I don't really have pain at rest. Only when I'm really training it do I feel, like, uh, uncomfortable. And uh, if I don't use it, I do find that I do have residual pain. And, and since I've been doing that, and I've actually got a lot of other people doing that, it seems to be at least uh, keeping the, uh, the, the injury or keeping the uh, degenerative joint from getting worse, at least. That's good. Dave, as you know, I mean, honestly, bodybuilding aside, either way, muscle and having muscle mass is, in a sense, uh, a fountain of youth because it is a metabolic currency, right? It really does a lot of really positive things in the body. As long as people aren't abusing or going to the dark side and doing, you know, um, copious quantities of anabolics and other types of peptides, for the most part, putting on muscle mass in, in a respectful way of your body is actually really healthy for everybody across the board. With that said, as you and I enter into the, you know, the, the longer stages or just wanting more longevity, what's your theory now about like, you know, how to put on muscle? In other words, like, do you have to lift heavy weights as an example? Um, do you think the different like, you know, hypertrophy specific training we talked about on the show with our guests a few, uh, few, few weeks ago, are there ways of actually stressing a muscle that, you know, aren't really requiring heavy amounts of weights that can still get muscle hypertrophy? Do you have any, any theories or uh, recent developments on that? I, I think that I subscribe to the theory that uh, Dr. Scott Conley does, which is uh, go to the gym, lift heavy weights, go home, rest, eat protein. You know, that, <laughs> that's really the formula that works. It really, people make it way too complicated. You need to challenge the muscle. Obviously, uh, 
what might be challenging to my body might not be challenging to your body. You might need to lift more or you might need to lift less. So uh, if you're just going to the gym and, and doing repetitions and really not challenging the muscle and you're not cu- taking your body out of that comfort zone that it's in, then you're really not going to make any improvements. Now, I'm lucky because I'm kind of at a, at, at a level where I had a lot of muscle already. So I can just, you know, even given my injuries, I can just basically do maintenance type stuff. And I don't really need to lift heavy because I don't need to put more muscle on. Matter of fact, I actually recently downsized my muscle mass a little bit because I was so, I thought I was walking around too heavy at this, uh, at this age, at 43. I felt I wanted to be a little smaller, uh, keep my you know, blood pressure numbers better and feel more comfortable when I travel and be able to wear a little bit more clothing. So for me, it's different. When you have guys, though, that are at 43, 45 trying to put muscle on, you really need to challenge the muscle. Unfortunately, some people don't have that strength at that age or might have injuries that they're combating. So there's other issues involved there, and it, and it makes it much more difficult. But but I find that if you don't challenge the muscle, it doesn't grow. Yeah, sure. I, I, did, I definitely understand that. Um, you know, speaking of um, your recent change, I mean, RX Muscle obviously is a bodybuilding website. And as the founder, my impression, I may be wrong, is you seem to have gone against the bodybuilding trend of trying to get larger by going from like a huge 285 down to your current size, as I've seen you on the recent videos and stuff. I mean, is the motivation behind that just like things like your blood pressure or is there any other personal uh, or lifestyle um, you know, views that, that have shifted over the past five or 10 years um, that, that have gone on inside your own head that have caused you to, 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 you know, to change how you look basically? Well, you know, I'm always re- reinventing myself. I think that's that's important. You always have to have a, a vision of what you want to look like. Uh, when I went from high school to um, uh, college, I wanted to look like a runner. And I was always upset that my legs would, would kind of touch when I would run. And these other runners had these skinny legs. And I, and I had an l- image of how I wanted my body to look. And I changed it to look like a runner's body which probably never was meant to be, at least not a long-distance runner's body. <laughs> and then once I started to change my mind and, and got into my mind to become a bodybuilder, I then rechanged my body from a 145-pound runner to a 300-pound bodybuilder. And that was the image I had in my head of what I wanted to look like. You know, recently when I, you know, started, you know, you know, stopped competing, I guess you could say, and realized, you know what, there's no reason to be this big. I, I, I wanted to change the way I looked because... No longer did I have to prove anything to anyone. I already was the biggest guy out there. So to me, I'm comfortable with, with uh, knowing that and having that you know, knowledge. I don't need to keep reproving it. So I wanted to change and, and get a look that was more aesthetic looking, I guess, and, and would enable me to wear clothing and, and, and to look better when I'm doing interviews because I didn't like the way I looked when I was doing interviews. I looked a big galoot, you know, oh, uh, I got microphone you. Sure. and everything. So I kind of you know, had an image in my head of being a ripped you know, 215 pound guy that, you know, could fit into clothes, but still looked really good, you know, if I took my shirt off. And, and that's kind of the way I rediscovered and uh, reinvented myself this time around. I mean, you have to admit then that it's kind of hard to escape that, um, you know, the societal impression of a guy who is so big might be insecure about something. Because you're, Dave, I know you, you're a very secure guy. You're an intellectual. We've always had that connection, you and I. And, uh, you know, but obviously people will look at you being a certain size and say, there's something obviously wrong with this person to have to be so big. So, I mean, to some degree, it's kind of hard to escape that. And if you want to be more popular, I guess, right, and be accepted by a larger audience, um, is that what kind of where you're getting at? That it does help to kind of like, you know, fit in a little more. I mean, you still look great. You're still jacked and you're still, you know, a, a great body weight. But um, obviously being too big can be detrimental in a lot of ways, right? 
Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I want to bring in, you know, I don't need to be the center of, of attention anymore when I do an interview. Matter of fact, I shouldn't be the center of attention. I yeah. should be, I should just be the guy, you know, the personality. So to, to, in order to, to downplay myself, I had to, I had to downsize myself because I was, I was too much of a, of a, of a presence you know, if I, if I'm bigger than the guy I'm interviewing who won, just won the super heavyweight <laughs> class, there's a problem with that. You know? So yeah. I kind of wanted to make myself less important in that sense. But but you know, the importance that that I carry now is 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 in a, more of a position of authority, I guess, or of as an expert in the industry. So uh, to be, I don't know, maybe to be taken seriously. My dad always said that when he went to. He was always a, a guy who didn't do that well in high school, and then he was working construction, and he wanted to become an intellectual. He went to college. He went to Columbia Teachers College, and he said he purposely, like, he said he purposely, because it was like he wanted to be judged differently, you know, and I don't, he did it unconsciously. I, I don't think I'm doing it unconsciously. I think I'm yeah. just, I want to be respected for knowing and being in shape and being healthy, but I don't need to be, you know, the 300-pound guy anymore. Sure. And as you know, it's, it's an, you pay an expensive price for that kind of body weight. I mean, as you know, um, it's just hard on the body, right? It's hard to eat that much food. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, there's a hidden cost that people aren't necessarily always aware of, you know? Of course. Plus, it's definitely not good for your health. And, you know, at this point in time, you know, when I was 25, I said, ah, who cares if I live to 40? You know, now I'm 43 <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I really want to make it to 50. And, and, and actually, I really believe that, you know, my father had, they have very good longevity on my dad's side. And I think I take you after him. I, I see myself living a long life, but I don't want to be live one of these long lives where I'm sick or injured or, yeah. or, or, or debilitated. I want it to be good quality. If I know I'm going to live to 80, I want to live to 80. And then on my 80th birthday, just drop dead. But I want to be doing everything I was doing right now at 80. Yeah, so, uh, yeah sure. Kind of change your uh, strategy, so to speak. Speaking of dropping dead, um, somebody you and I both knew back when we were uh, creating the RX Muscle magazine. Um, I forgot his name. Just passed away, actually. A pretty famous body. Art. Right, Art. Um, Art Atwood. Art Atwood. Yeah, exactly. He graced the covers of the RX Muscle magazine back when we the began that. One of the originals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, is there any concern that that you know the bodybuilding lifestyle and then the use of you know all the different copious quantities of um, food and protein and exogenous agents could somehow have uh, long term deleterious effects? Is that a concern at all, or not really? You know, I think that the main effect with some of these guys is, is blood pressure. And, you know, because yeah. blood pressure destroys kidneys. And, uh, more know, than protein. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really believe <laughs> that. But once you obviously have compromised kidneys, then you have to worry about protein intake. Yeah. And it's like a cascade of terrible things. I mean, you know, let, I mean, we can go through the list of how many top bodybuilders have gotten kidney transplants. I was talking to Mike um, Palazzo, the uh, police officer who's a, was a top uh, national bodybuilder who got a kidney transplant. Oh wow! And he was, uh, you know, remember Luke Wood died getting a kidney transplant. Um, the guy, remember the guy, uh, the the dinosaur Sean. Um, what the hell is this guy from England? No, Sean. Um, <coughs> he was. They call him the dinosaur, and okay. he's uh, he got a kidney transplant. There's probably at least fifteen guys that have gotten kidney transplant that I know of. Uh, yeah, and that's. I don't think it was due to the, anything that they did above and beyond what anyone else was doing, but I didn't think they, every single one of them had uncontrolled high blood pressure. Wow. You know, so that, that, that's, that's, a, that's a very telling uh, statement right there. So statement, right? you got to really be careful. And the problem is that when you're 25, you can do a lot of abusive stuff to your body. It doesn't raise your blood pressure. And then all of a sudden, you know, when you hit 40 or 38, you know, your blood vessel walls are not as pliant anymore. 
And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, your blood pressure is 190 over, you know, 100, you know, and, you, and you're in kidney failure. So, yeah, yeah, you really monitor that, you know, really be careful. With that. Just out of curiosity, what is, is it the use of anabolics that causes that? Or is it just having uh, extra muscle mass and the heart having to work harder? I mean, or the combination of those things? What exactly is the, uh, is the etiology? You know, I don't really know for sure, but I, I do know one thing. I never had a blood pressure issue myself until I got a little older. So, and I, you know me, I never was overweight. So uh, why all of a well, sudden- Well, not, not with well, fat weight. <laughs> right, right. But I'm saying, you know, usually it's, it's, it's non-functional weight that will cause this stuff. So yeah, I have to believe that something goes on in the body. And I did a lot of studying on this and, and, and reading up. And it seems like the body starts laying down a lot of uh, internal fibrin and, and collagen connective tissue in the blood vessel walls, the organs, and everything gets stiff. And when the internal, your internals start getting stiff- the blood vessel wall specifically don't become as compliant. And then, you know, your blood pressure raises. Uh, I personally started taking a lot of, uh, you know, uh, enzymes recently to help combat that, you know, uh, serapeptase and some Serapeptase, of the other. exactly. Natokinase, exactly. Yeah. There was a These thread enzymes. on the forum about that, that's right. Yeah, I mean, and some people think that the enzyme, and I always thought this too, because, you know, like I said, I'm always learning. They, I always, everyone thinks that enzymes are really just necessary for digestion of food. Yeah. which I never really needed them for. But evidently, these, these enzymes get absorbed into the bloodstream and then they can do stuff in there. Serapeptase is an enzyme that's released by caterpillars when they that's have right. to break out of the, the silk cocoon. You know, silk, you can shoot a bullet at silk and it won't pierce, it won't break the, the silk strand, but yet serapeptase will digest it. So imagine what serapeptase will do in your bloodstream. It'll, it'll help clean out the internal uh, blood vessels and, and take away that fibrin that gets laid down. And they've actually shown, at least in some of the people I've talked to who's been taking it for a while, people's blood pressure has gone back to normal, you know, after taking it for a few months. Yeah. No, I'm a big fan of enzymes. And there's a whole branch uh, in the nutritional industry, actually, of science going on into, uh, you know, how enzymes can be transported through the GI tract, right? So how, how they can, uh, you know, escape the stomach intact and enter the bloodstream where they can elicit their enzymatic activity, actually. And so this is really a high-tech science. It isn't like as simple as, oh, there are, there are proteins that get degraded in the GI tract. I mean, that's kind of like the old no, school. No, exactly. not at all. You know, it's an interesting point because from ozone therapy to castor oil, I've been watching your stuff on, on the forum and actually, I mean, you definitely got off the deep end on some of these alternative modalities. <laughs> um, you know, some of these are pretty serious, Dave, and they're really only, as far as I know, for like sick people as an example. So like, what's up with all that, buddy? What's going on there? Uh, you're not sick, first of all, right? I'm, I'm assuming. No, no, okay. not at all. I'm actually, I like to explore new things because it seems like um, a lot of, sometimes there's a lot of hocus pocus out there and I like to see if there's science behind some of the stuff that people are doing out there because if there is I'm very good usually at, at, at concisely and pragmatically and practically explaining it to other people as to what's going on and, and why you should be doing it so I've tried a lot of different modalities out there from ozone treatments I actually bought a whole treatments I have a whole house so I can uh, do my own ozone treatments here and it's it's pretty amazing you sit in an ozone sauna uh, where your body sweats and, you know, there's ozone being pumped into the sauna, which, you know, super oxygenates your body and it draws out toxins. And you, you could actually see on the towel that you sit on. If you sit on a white towel, you have toxins in your body, like heavy metals. You'll see them on the towel, like in black uh, after you, you get off. Now, I've noticed that the more I do it, the less I see that. I don't, sometimes I very rarely see it. But if I have a really crappy meal or I don't eat quite so good the day before, I'll see it a lot more. So, you know, our bodies, you know, I, what I came to the conclusion, Brian, was that um, our bodies age because over, you know, 
decades and decades, we start accumulating a lot of toxic wastes and the body has no way to get rid of them. And so it starts storing them. And when it starts storing them, you know, it, it, and it runs out of space to put them, it, it starts aging the body. So uh, I felt by the, now that I'm 43, I got to get rid of some of this, this, uh, these toxic waste dumps that my body have accumulated. And the important thing a lot of people don't realize is that when you start detoxing your body, you better, you better make sure you know how to get those toxins out of your body. Because once the tissues start releasing these toxins into the GI tract, you don't want to reabsorb them back into your, into your bloodstream. So you better, you, you better take fiber supplement to pull them out. Yeah. Uh, you, you better use other modalities. You better make sure that your colon is working efficiently to get rid of stuff. You better take probiotics to repopulate your, your colonic uh, bacterial you know, flora. So it, it, I learned, had to learn a lot about stuff that I really didn't know anything about. And, uh, you know, castor oil packs, you know, are really good also because castor oil is a really good leecher of, of toxins out of the body. And uh, so what I figured is I'm going to go on this, uh, I'm going to try all these detoxifications and I want to see how I feel so that I can report to all the other people out there who might be wondering what to do because there's a lot of people with toxic livers. You know, I see people with really bad skin. I, if you, I don't know if you remember, I used to have really bad skin when I was a bodybuilder. Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, it might be from taking the anabolic steroids I took, but it probably had a lot to do with some of the foods I was eating. Like I didn't know that I was really so sensitive to dairy products, you know, that as soon as I cut dairy products out, I really, my acne kind of went away, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, so I probably have some kind of allergy diet. I know I'm lactose intolerant, and that's why, you know, uh, any protein shakes that I make with my species nutrition company are all lactose-free because that's a, that's another huge problem. And, you know, I read, I've read done a lot of reading that, you know, um, dairy causes mucus secretion in the gut, you know, and because the dairy is an irritant to the intestinal tract. And uh, once it gets into your bloodstream, it could be an irritant in there and, and cause your immune system to get a little whacked out. So, you know, these are all things that I've, that I've been studying because I want to be able to advise people when they come to me with terrible skin conditions. Uh, look, this is what you can do because you go to a dirt, you can do give you some creams to put on that you and I both know don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, with the dairy, uh, actually, it, it, I'm not sure how much you've looked into the idea of um, the different, first of all, there's a, a protein that the cows themselves have that makes their milk make more or less of the allergenic compounds. I think it's called like alpha or beta casein uh, dairy cattle. That's something to look into. And then also raw milk. I mean, from what I understand, um, I also have a dairy allergy, but I do much better, Dave, on raw milk than I ever did on pasteurized milk. And I got something, yeah. my impression is that the enzymes or the enzymatic activity in raw milk is definitely uh, more congruent with the body than when it's heated and pasteurized and homogenized. I, I will tell you one thing that I... Um, uh, tried some raw milk and I tried some raw kefir uh, and I even tried some goat uh, kefir because I figured goat has a lot less lactose in it. Yeah. And it didn't give me diarrhea, which was a good sign, meaning that the raw probably worked well. But you know what? I did start breaking out, which is oh, weird. Wow. So I have to okay. believe that the dairy has some kind of irritating effect on, on my skin. And, you know, some people that have really big pores, you know, uh, who tend to be oily by nature, probably use their skin more as an excretory organ than other people do who have very small pores. So in my body, my body likes to get rid of toxins through the skin. And when you get rid of toxins through the skin, you, you, you actually, you, you can get breakouts from that. Yeah. Whereas other people might dump toxins into their, uh, into their stomach, you know, you know, into their uh, intestinal tract and they may get acid reflux from that or something like that. Uh, so everyone's body, some people's bodies store to toxins in their fat cells and they just won't lose body fat because they get stubborn body fat. So you always have to figure out a strategy uh, to detox your body at some point. I, I'll give you a good example. Uh, 
uh, Juan Morel, who just turned pro at the North American, you know, he had been on very, very high protein because his metabolism was like similar to what mine was back in the day. And he was eating probably 800 grams of protein a day. Uh, and, you know, after his show, I said, look, I want you to clean out for three weeks. And uh, as far as when I say clean out, I want you to go on very low protein for at least a week straight. And then for three weeks, I don't want to meet any red meat. And I still had him cut back. And, and after he was miserable for like a week, like three or four days, after about five or six days, he felt so good. He said he was so much energy, which he thought he wouldn't have because he thought with the reduction in calories, he would feel worse. But he actually felt better because now his body started you know, detoxing. And I made sure to give him probiotics and I made sure to give him fiber supplement twice a day so that all those toxins that were being released from his body were getting pulled out and you know, because you want to make sure you eliminate this stuff. And the guy looks, his skin cleared up. He looks better. And you know what? I rec- Now I'm recommending to all the guys that I work with to do a protein detox every, you know, maybe six months or so to give your body, to give your internal organs, the digestive organs, some rest so that they can catch up and do their housekeeping and uh, clean out the, uh, the waste that they've accumulated over the last six months. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of fasting because um, in the scheme of things, our bodies evolved in an environment where we probably spent a lot of energy, Dave, hunting and gathering and oftentimes came back home not with the trophy uh, animal, but actually probably hungry. So these reg- these defense mechanisms in our body are actually very healthy. And of course, now today we live in an environment where we have too much food and too much of a sedentary lifestyle. Even a bodybuilder, for the most part, spends most of his day pretty inactive. Um, you know, it's quite opposite of where we evolved and stuff. So I think maybe not just changing up your macronutrients, but maybe even doing like a, you know like a fast. I mean, I think a juice fast is something easy everybody could do. I mean, what's your feeling on, on fasting? Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, from what I read and, and, and it makes sense and I tried it myself and it really does work, you know, you should, ideally you should try to fast for 12 hours a day because yeah. after eight hours after your last meal, which is what it takes about to get out all your food out of you. So if you, if you eat at 12 midnight by 8 a.m., you've, you've exhausted all the nutrition from that meal and you've detox, I mean, you've uh, digested it all. You really ideally should give your body four hours of nothing in it you know, after that eight hour, after that, so that would give you about 12 hours of fasting every day enables your body to really clean itself out much better than you would think. And that you can do that um, every day and still eat a lot of calories during the 12 hours that you do eat. So what I've been trying to do now, it doesn't happen every day, obviously, because I have different times I wake up and stuff like that, but I try to go 12 hours without eating any, any solid foods. Now I might have a, uh, I might juice something at night or, 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 have a shake, but it won't be anything with protein in it because that requires digestion. But usually I try to go no food, uh, no solid food for 12 hours. And like I said, it doesn't happen every day, but if I get it maybe three, four days a week, I feel like that's really giving my body a chance to detox. And when I do that, I actually feel really good. I don't need as much sleep and I do feel like I'm, I'm digesting things better. And I don't always, I don't feel like I have residual food inside me. Uh, now that might not be possible for everyone to do, but I, I, I highly recommend you try it because like I said, you could, you could still get a lot of food in, in the 12 hours that you are eating. Actually, I think, um, I mean, I take it one step further. 12 hours is, 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 is a good first step, but I'm, I'm doing 14 to 18 a day myself. And I think you, you, people could still cram enough calories into the window of opportunity to eat if they wanted to, as long as they're timing their workouts and everything as well. Um, I mean, I think there's a whole like new explosion of people out there doing this intermittent fasting where they're doing more than 12, doing like 14, 16 hours, um, uh, because of the, of the benefits and they're still getting enough calories, I think. So yeah, 12 is the minimum. I think the studies on the Rama 
Ramadan or the people that were doing it for um, the religious reasons were showing the upregulation of all those protective uh, mechanisms were happening, I think, with a minimum of 12 hours, right? It looks like the science right. shows that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, it makes you, it does, and we've shown that calorie restriction obviously makes you live longer, but it's really not the calorie restriction they're finding. It's, I think it's the, 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 uh, the fasting and the ability of the body to detoxify itself more so than anything that will give you those benefits. Yeah. Well, people don't realize, and this kind of going back to ozone, is that, you know, oxygen is actually toxic. Ozone is actually a toxin. I mean, the, what happens in the body, from my understanding, from ozone therapy, at least intravenous ozone, is that the body has evolved over the 4 billion years that life's been on the planet with the ability to detox oxygen really quickly, actually, because uh, it is a toxin in a sense. Um, and because of that, it initiates a cascade of downstream beneficial effects that makes ozone, at least intravenous ozone, very beneficial. But with that said, if oxygen is toxic, Food, of course, is follows to reason, is also in a sense toxic. I mean, you know, there's a lot of studies showing that when people don't eat, they actually feel more energy. They feel, um, believe it or not, people with depression actually feel happier when they're eating less food. So, uh, in a sense, you could say food to some degree is actually toxic. So, you may to make sure that you're cramming it full of nutrient density to help, I guess, mitigate or offset the um, the load on the body. Right? I agree. I agree. Um, you know. Um, if you think about it, um, oxygen might be toxic to the body, but it's actually toxic to the, 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 the virus, the viruses that reside in our body, the bacteria that reside in our body, at least the bad ones. Yeah. The yeast, you know, or, uh, you know, type cells that, that exist, fungal type cells. So um, it, 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 if you think about it, the oxygen content of the air we breathe now is a lot lower than what it was, you know, couple hundred years ago probably because of all the fossil fuels we've burned and uh you know as we know cancer cells don't live in the presence of oxygen uh i think that it's good to hyper oxygenate your body and i think it's good for performance and recovery as well um so uh i'm a i've actually started like i said doing this ozone treatments you know whether they be saunas or sometimes some ivs i even drink ozonated water you know once a day and uh, what I find is, uh, Brian, that it you can it actually even just an IV of ozone will make your body release toxins, and I can tell this because I all of a sudden you start peeing your brains out, you poop your brains out essentially, wow. and it 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 really causes the release. I've actually been using a product called Homazone. I don't know if you've ever used it. It's a no. ozone linked magnesium uh, in a powder form. You you put it in some water. It doesn't taste very good, but you mix it in and you put lemon lemon juice in there, fresh squeezed lemon juice, which will activate the stuff. And I'm not really positive the exact chemical mechanisms of that. Uh, but when you, you drink that stuff, boom. I mean, you, you're in the bathroom for the first three or four days you do this. Like, like you would think that you had diarrhea. And then all of a sudden, it, as your body starts getting rid of a lot of toxins, it, it slows down. And uh, it doesn't cause that at all. Uh, I've been using this on a regular basis for about two, three months now. I feel great. I mean, you can see the whites in my eyes are like super, super white. So uh, I really believe that, you know, uh, oxygen has a uh, <coughs> path, path, I don't know if you want to say pathological, but it has a, a leaching effect of pulling uh, toxins out of the body in, in, to some degree. Yeah, no, I definitely think you're right. With that um, ozone-linked magnesium, I mean, I know magnesium can be, um, uh, it can cause, I guess, uh, loose stools or diarrhea. Uh, could it be possible that the magnesium is causing that, Dave, or you think it really is because of the oxygenation effect of that product? Well, it, it is definitely from, uh, they say there is some effect from the magnesium because you're right. But that, you know, a lot of times what they, what I was reading is that if you have a magnesium deficiency, 
a lot of times your colon is not working efficiently because of the fact that it's deficient in magnesium. Magnesium causes relaxation. So all yeah. of a sudden you put a huge load of magnesium into a situation where there wasn't any and where there was a deficit and boom, you get hyper-responsiveness of the colon. What happens eventually is the colon you know, acclimates to that high magnesium load. Uh, but you still will notice that when you do go to the bathroom, and I take a fiber supplement twice a day anyway, but it, it, this is even beyond it. It's like you're getting even more out of your body. Uh, it, it's really amazing. And it has a lot to do with what foods I consume. If I eat a, a crappy cheat meal or something like that, I will, that product will make me you know, eliminate a lot more and a lot more frequently as opposed to if I eat very clean, I don't really notice that I'm even taking it. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah, I can't really, you know, it, it's hard to say. You have to kind of experience it. And what I recommend you do is when, you, when I recommend some of these things you try, don't do them all at once. Do one, then try another and, and see how your body responds because everyone's body is different. Uh, you know, you might want to try the enzymes first and then you might want to, you know, stop those and try some, some of the homozone, uh, which is really easy to use. Uh, I also like, uh, you probably saw in the video, I've been using black mica, which is a um, magnetic... Uh, as um, the molecules, the minerals in there are, are magnetized in a sense. And they, you know, according to, you know, what, you know, if you want to believe everything you read, the, they alkalinize the body, they alkalinize the blood, but they also hypermagnetize the blood. Which they, make the, they make the molecules more, uh, I guess, vibrate faster. Uh, they raise them to a higher energy level. And I don't know, that's a little more esoteric possibly, but I feel super, super energized when I take that product. Wow. Well, you know, the funny thing is, speaking of esoteric, um, you know, Dave, New York Medical College, the college we went to, was actually a homeopathic medical college founded by the founder of homeopathy himself, Samuel Hamanam. If you go into the administrative building in the, um, in the campus, his picture is the first picture you see on the wall, actually. I didn't so, even know that. Yeah, isn't that pretty interesting, huh? It was actually a homeopathic yeah. medical school because homeopathy used to be very popular back in the turn of the century until, you know, the shifting tides of, of economic pressure and political pressure began to take over medicine, which we all kind of know have had a strong influence on how medicine has become sure. today. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting that, you know, these things are starting to gain more credibility now as being uh, viable therapies. Of all the stuff you've done, Dave, which are you most impressed with as far as results and, uh, you know, that you recommend if people do try? Uh, before I get to that, I just want to say one more thing with regard to the homeopathy. You know, Dr. Blau, uh, my uh, plastic surgeon friend, his daughter uh, has a four-year medical degree. She's an MD uh, with a degree in naturopathy. They obviously, they, there's two colleges and in, in, uh, there's two medical schools in the United States now that offer uh, naturopathy medical degrees. Actually, there's four accredited schools. Oh, yeah. there is? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it was very expensive. I know. I think he paid like 50 like 70 grand a year. Oh yeah. School. It's the same as, it's the same uh, as regular medical school. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually meeting with her on Thursday. We're going to sit down and talk about a, putting a product line together, her and I. So oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, it might be interesting because you know, she's got some good insight. She's obviously got the degree behind her and uh, we, you and I probably know more about the field than she does because we're so entrenched in it. But you know, it's interesting. To, I'd like to see some of the science behind some of the things that you and I are probably talking about that maybe we don't have quite the insight that she does. So uh, it's interesting out there that, that, that the times are changing, that the, even the medical associations are starting to, uh, I guess, uh, accept the fact that there are supplemental or there are natural ways of healing the body. Because, you know, that was something that always disillusioned me, Brian. The reason I didn't stay in medical school because I didn't like the whole idea that these guys just treated symptoms and they didn't address the cause of these symptoms. 
preventative medicine. They, they, no one really bothers with that. You know, most doctors you go to, especially the psychiatrists, they just, they just give you a prescription. They don't even, they don't even talk to you anymore. <laughs> they don't even, oh, yeah. the, the psychologists are much more insightful as far as, you know, what's causing your mental problems. Psychiatrists just give you a prescription for drugs. And uh, yeah. uh, I didn't think that that was the right, the, the right path to be taking. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, medicine has just really gone a long way in the past 20 years. I mean, it's evolving, but the pace has been so slow. I mean, we had Gary Noe on here actually as a guest. And, you know, when I was a kid, Gary Noe was talking about the efficacy of vitamin C as an example, intravenous, even orally. And, um, you know, I remember going to, to New York Medical and sitting into one of the lectures that you guys were having, actually, the medical students, with the head of the... Uh, gastroenterologist at, at uh, Columbia giving a lecture, a pediatric gastroenterologist saying vitamin C is bullshit. And I'm like, wait, hang on a second. If I go over to the library and I, and I do a medline, a search, I pull up 5,000 studies of the efficacy of vitamin C. You're telling me it's bullshit? There was a major disconnect between what people were being taught in medical school and what the science was showing, Dave, as you know now. If you, anybody proves medline online, you see alpha-lipoic acid, magnesium, vitamin C. There are hundreds, of, if not thousands, of studies on the efficacy of these nutrients for treating a whole host of different conditions. Right. No, you're right. You're yeah. right. It, it, and it's sad that, that, that there's not more information out there. But it's really... Uh, it's not in the best interest of the government to be supporting uh, supplement companies and the... Um, the use of supplements to heal conditions because they, they want the um, they want these drug companies to make tons of money so they'll support their reelection campaigns and yeah. unfortunately that's the driving force. I was talking with Chris Aceto on on Heavy Muscle Radio on Monday night about the fact that they have a machine called Melafine uh, that has ninety eight percent accuracy in detecting melanomas, uh, but they won't approve it the FDA. But they'll approve a drug that has. Um, uh, an efficacy of, of extending life of, of a metastatic melanoma from 6.4 months to 10 months, you know, but the treatment costs $120,000 for four months. So yeah. you basically, for a thousand bucks a day, you get an extra hundred days of life out of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane, <laughs> really. Oh, it is. I mean, and the deeper you go, uh, Dave, down the rabbit hole in this matrix, the more you're just like, this has got to be a joke. I mean, this, the whole thing is insane, right? Look at the world, man. It's falling apart. You know, I mean, you name it. Pick an area. We can be probably go off on a tangent. I won't, I won't do it, but uh, it really is a crazy world, buddy. Now, getting back to the original question you had asked me uh, about efficacy of some of these uh, modalities that I've been employing lately, uh, probably, you know, you want me to tell you the one that was is probably the most uh, beneficial with the, with the least requirements of uh, of the person. You know, sure. a lot of these things require you know compliance. You have to you know, remember to take the supplements. It, it, it's almost like my dad said, you know, you're a robot. He said, I can't do this stuff. I said, well, then you don't want to live longer. I told him, he said, I, yeah. I can't live a rigid lifestyle like that. But something that you, you can do if, if you if you're like my dad and, and you don't want to be bothered with remembering to take pills and powders and uh, swallow stuff that doesn't taste so good uh, is. Uh, grounding, and I think that you and I uh, have discussed it a little bit. I've been sleeping grounded now for about two months. Uh, I have a grounding pad that's connected to a, a, a cord that plugs into the grounding outlet of my uh, electrical outlet. You know that little round hole, yeah, uh, of the three prong, uh, and it basically it makes it uh, comparable to you being basically laying in the grass outside because uh, it grounds your body. And there's been a lot of studies now to show that, you know, people uh, have a lot of excessive inflammation, free radical production, inability to sleep, high cortisol levels, uh, all due to the fact that they're, they have too much positive wattage in their body, too much positive charge in their body. And they never discharge, they because they never, their feet never touch the dirt outside. They never touch the earth. The earth is a, is a bundle of negatively charged electrons 
that are just waiting to, to negate all the positive charge that, that goes yeah. through our bodies. I mean, if you think about all the electrical, our computers are grounded. You know, when you, when you jumpstart your car, you ground it. So, um, you know, yeah. even when they do surgery on you and they use one of those uh, cauterizing agents, they, they ground you. Dr. Blau grounds you. Uh, so, yeah. uh, you know, why not sleep? When you sleep grounded, if you ground yourself 30 minutes a day, you will, you'll feel like a new person. Uh, when I had wow. back problems. I was having chronic back pain. Not just, not from injury, but just like it was all cramped up and my leg was starting to go a little numb. And I just felt like I was 90 years old getting out of bed. And I'm like, I can't believe it. 43, I feel like this. Since I started sleeping grounded, I have no, I have no pain in my back anymore. And my leg, the feeling in my leg came back and I can squat again. And, uh, you know, I did nothing else. And they've, they've shown this with a lot of people, people with fibromyalgia, chronic arthritis, both osteo and rheumatoid. And uh, people who are in wheelchairs are now walking around. Now, it's not a miracle cure, but it makes sense if you think about it. Uh, if our bodies build up excessive charge and every, every foot off the ground we are, we accumulate 100 watts of, uh, of charge. So if you sleep, uh, if you're six feet tall, you have about 300 watts of charge going through you because you've got to average it over the distance. If you, if you sleep on the second floor, you have 600 watts of charge going through. If you sleep on the third floor, like I do, you have, you have 900 watts of charge going through wow. you all night long. And yeah. uh, then we walk around all day with, with uh, rubber sneakers on that insulate us from the earth. So we're never discharging that, that positive charge. I'm telling you, get grounded. You don't have to do anything. All you got to do is lay on the pad at night. And uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, as we're talking on the computer, I'm, I have my foot on a grounding pad. It's uh, a little travel pad that's plugged into my wall right here by my computer. Speaking of computers, any, uh, any opinion on the uh, EMFs and, and the, their ability to affect uh, our cells from cell phones or from computers? Absolutely. That's why I'm grounded because all the, all the positive charge that's, that's leaking into my body right now is being discharged oh, wow. through okay. my wall outlet. And uh, that's, that's important. Uh, I don't think, I really don't believe that the EMFs from phones and computers will cause cancer or anything to that degree like people think. But I think the accumulated uh, positive charge that builds up and the excessive inflammation that results in that and free radical production can definitely do that. Production can de uh, once again, it's not the actual, the radiation that's coming off the stuff that's causing the problem. It's the fact that we're not discharging it. So... If you used a, a cell phone all day long, you sit on a computer, you better ground yourself. You better ground yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, think of when I was on your show last year, I was talking about John Gray, the best-selling author of Men Are From Mars, Men Are From Venus. And, um, you know, he recommends my product for stress and anxiety, the one that you also like. But he also said he was a big fan of walking barefoot in nature because of the fact that it had a, an effect on our energy. And, I, you know, I think what he was talking about is this idea of grounding. Exactly. Sure. And, you know, it's funny because Chris Aceto's, lives on the, in Maine on the water. He has a beach in his backyard. And I started talking about this on, a, on, the heavy muscle t on the Heavy Muscle Radio Show. And I guess he thought I was probably didn't believe me at first. So he, the week after I talked about it, he walked outside for 30 minutes a day on the beach. And the next, day, the next Monday night on the show, he reported to me that he could not believe how good he felt. Wow. Uh, how relaxed he felt and how yeah. better he was, much better he was sleeping at night just from 30 <clears throat> minutes on the beach. So... Uh, he sold. I know Derek Farnsworth, who's a big you know believer in, in recovery and stuff like that. Uh, he's a physical therapist. He started sleeping grounded, and he and he loves it as well. And he's a really heavy duty trainer. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, Dave, one time um, I was watching one of your heavy muscle uh, shows and the infamous Derek Anthony was on there and you guys were having uh, an argument or something and he was like kind of poking fun at you saying, oh, Dave, Mr. Spiritual, meditation or whatever. And it was funny, of course, but it caught my attention because I've always meant to ask you and every time I see you, we never get a chance to really talk and catch up about this stuff. But, you know, do you have any spiritual um, practice or anything like that works on that dimension? As far as what's concerned. Well, as far as like meditation, I mean, he was calling you like, he was making a joke, I guess, because you, you seemed like his, my impression was you were espousing meditation or something that he saw and then threw it back at you as a joke on, 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 the, on the heavy muscle uh, show. But do you do any kind of meditation or are you into any kind of spirituality um, at all? I was taking a yoga class for a while and because okay. uh, I felt that it was something I needed to do to learn to relax and to, and to lower my, you know, the, I guess the, crazy voices that run through your head all day, especially when you get stressed out. And I, so I did meditate in the class. You know what? The truth is you don't need to sit down and meditate specifically, uh, you know, in a dark room, you know, with, with your in, sitting in, with your legs in a cross position. You, I meditate when I'm driving in the car. If pe- anyone who knows me is usually when I drive, it, I, there's no music on. I, I drive in silence because I believe that silence is really the voice of the universe is really. And I kind of, that's my meditation time uh, that I spend, you know, at least meditating. And I, this, just being in silence and being with myself, I can calm myself down. Also, I could lay in bed probably at night, you know, and, and just breathe deeply for five minutes. And all of a sudden, I feel like, you know, I just took an Oxycontin, basically. I, I get like a high feeling just from that. But that's because I kind of train myself. I think it's a good idea that everyone take some kind of a meditative yoga class, you know, for a couple months and, and learn learn how to bring that energy level down, you know, because when... You have too much going on in your brain and not, a, you know, the, the way the, the, the uh, Asians, you know, configure this is that your kidneys produce cool energy, which is supposed to cool the brain. It's supposed to be a whole cycle of energy and your heart produces warm energy that's supposed to warm your internal organs so that you digest your food good. Uh, but what happens is when there's a weakness in, in, in your center, the heat goes up and it makes your head hot and you have anxiety and, 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 the, and the coolness stays down in the, in the intestinal tract and makes you not digest your food good and become toxic. And that's when sickness sets in. So you need to strengthen your core, but you also have to know how to you know, bring that energy level down. And I think that that's control over your thoughts and not letting things bother you and not getting wrapped up in other people's um, dramas is a huge thing. And, and you really, you have to learn how to do this. You have to, it almost has to be beaten into your head. It has to be brainwashed into you. And so I, I felt that I got a lot of that from, you know, taking this yoga class. But once I'm one of these people that will study a lot about a certain thing, but I don't become like part of the cult. You know what I mean? I'll take that information and then use it for my own life and, and work it into my life. And then hopefully explain to other people how to use it in their life as well. Yeah. Dave, I want to switch gears quickly and just uh, cover diet because obviously you're a you know a big uh, um, diet guru, and I want to know if over the years your diet has changed. Now that you're more health conscious, how has your diet changed? Are you still just doing the high protein, high fat, or um, you know I still do eat um, a moderate carb diet. Now you got to remember, I have a very very fast metabolism, so um, I could eat a lot of carbs and, and not gain weight. But I probably eat about maybe. 200 grams of carbs a day, which for me is, is, which for a guy my size is probably low, but, um, but I need to have that. I'd like to ideally eat less, but then I wouldn't have enough calories to consume. I'd probably disappear. Yeah. Probably eat about, you know, anywhere from 150 to 200 grams of carbs a day, the most, uh, probably on most days I'm about 150. And, uh, my protein is, is much lower than it used to be because I feel like I don't need as much protein. And if I eat a lot of protein, I do put, I put muscle on pretty quickly. 
So I try to keep my protein, believe it or not, Brian, probably around 150 grams a day. Wow. And uh, yeah, much lower. Blasphemy. Blasphemy, Dave. (laughs) But what I did was to keep my calories high so I don't disappear, uh, I eat a lot of fat. I probably eat anywhere from probably eating 60 grams of fat per meal. Uh, obviously, most of that comes from like like macadamia nut oil, extra virgin olive oil, nuts, um, you know, good healthy fats. And, uh, you know, I do eat some cholesterol fats in my diet because you do need some of that. But most of the fats come from monounsaturated fats like the olive oil, macadamia nut oil, avocados and, and stuff like that. So I'm getting a lot. Of, I'm probably getting three thirty five hundred calories a day. I'm just my, my composition is mostly, uh, you know, fats, you know, moderate protein, you know, moderate carbs. And that seems to work well for me. And I, and I still believe that, that that diet is the best type of diet. Um, if I was trying to lose weight, if I needed to, I would cut my carb intake back, obviously. Because uh, obviously carbs are just a fuel source. And they'll always be a fuel source. And it's not like something that we can debate. Carbs are not essential to the diet. You know, they're only essential as, as fuel. If you have a fast metabolism, like a lot of top bodybuilders do because they have so much muscle, you need to take in more carbs to, to fuel that, those, those training sessions. But when you're trying to diet and lose body fat... The carbs really are not as, as, as valuable as you think because they, they're not going to do anything to preserve muscle tissue. Uh, the protein and fat is what, what, is the comp, it's what com- composes the muscle tissue, and, and that can never be removed from the diet. Yeah, yeah, sure. Now, also, Dave, uh, we have uh, some questions from some listeners. Um, you know, one of them that I think is a great question is that, you know, you're a successful entrepreneur. And I'm just kind of wondering uh, if you want to share some either books that inspired you and helped you to kind of get on track to being as successful as you are. Or if you want and or if you want to share some secrets, uh, maybe uh, of your success, you know, Oprah. Um, it is. <laughs> I, I read a lot. of. I really like Wayne Dyer. I think he's a really practical, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about self-help books or spiritual books. He's yeah. just a practical guy. He, he gives you practical knowledge. It just makes sense. It's logical. Um, it's not self-helpy at all. It, it's really geared not towards making money, but towards just being the person that you should be or finding who you really are and what's important and how to, how to make the change in your life. In other words, you know, when you change, his, one of his famous sayings is, when you change the way you look at things, the, look, the things you look at change. And that's really true. Uh, I don't think that I'm much, I'm not different of a person from, than I was 20 years ago, but I, I just see the world differently. And because I see the world differently, my life, my, my world changed. And, uh, and that's an important thing. You know, what your thoughts are and, and what you think, you know, really translates into uh, what happens in your life. A lot of people that I know around me are very, you know, they don't like letting people get away with anything. They're, they're, even my dad, my dad is very, very into vet, revenge, you know. He doesn't be, believe in letting anyone take advantage of him. The problem <laughs> is that when you, the problem, you combat, you know, evil with evil, you, you get more evil, you know. When you, can be, yeah. when you try to combat war with more war, you get, you get more war, you know. Exactly. And uh, I think they asked Mother Teresa once, uh, do you want to march against the Vietnam War? And she said, no, but when you have a march for for peace, I'll be there. Yeah. That's kind of the way I, I've kind of changed my view of the world. And since I have, you know, yeah, people will fuck you and people will screw you over and, and, and that happens. But it, it, when it, as long as you don't let it affect you and you stay, stay, stay true to who you are, what I find happens is the people who screw you wind up going down the toilet and better things present themselves to you, better opportunities. And you find, you know what, I really wasn't where I thought I should have been. I'm actually in a better place now. And, and that's how I look at it right now with, with even what I'm, with what I'm doing with RX Muscle 
and uh, you know my supplement company. I have to believe that you know, yeah, bad things will happen, and we'll lose business, and I'll lose money, and but I'll also make money, and then you know things will. My my goals and my direction that I'm supposed to be taking will be guided by the way I think, and I and I'm always trying to think positively, and I always believe, and I always know, almost I expect something good to happen all the time, and. You know what? I've never been disappointed. It seems like just when things seem like they're not going well, something great happens. And uh, that's just because I know it's going to happen. And uh, I don't put any pressure on it happening, but I just, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't even, uh, when, when stuff goes in my positive direction, it doesn't even amaze me anymore. I just, I just know it's coming. That's great. I mean, you know, you being half Jewish and half Italian, you got the money making and the muscles both on both sides there with the jeans, right? <laughs> you know, but for the rest of us, like, you know, people who are Irish or whatever, we, we have alcoholism and depression on our sides of the family. Uh, it may not be as easy. So maybe you could get a little bit deeper into, I mean, maybe you just are lucky that you're just born and you really are a very positive, optimistic person. Um, but like, you know, you do work hard, for example. I mean, like, you know, there's no, I mean, as far as my impression is, maybe I'm wrong. You do work hard. You definitely are, uh, you're a hustler. You've always been, uh, you know, a hustler. You really have a strong work ethic. So definitely get a little deeper into what secrets have made you uh, successful. You know, is it your personality? Is it your work ethic? Your ability to seize opportunity? You have to, number one, you have to immerse yourself in everything you do. If you don't immerse yourself and become an expert in what you're doing, then there's always going to be someone better than you out there doing what you're doing and you're not going to be successful. So no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm trying to be a runner or a bodybuilder or a guy selling supplements or a person running a person, I want to know the most about it and I want to be the, the, the expert. And in, in doing so, you have to really, you, you got to do it 24-7. You know, when I, I'm so focused on what I'm doing right now. I, people say, why don't you compete? Why don't you want to, I, I could never do it because I couldn't concentrate on that. I am completely focused on what I am doing currently and the reason I do that is because I know that the only way I could be the best at what I do is, is to immerse myself in it. Now, the problem is, that, Brian, when you do that, is that you kind of isolate the people around you uh, who are in your life, whether it be family, loved ones, people you're in a relationship with. It's very hard for them to understand that mentality that, that you will, that, that every, every minute of the day you're thinking about uh, what you're doing. Now, you can only do that, obviously, if you love what you're doing. Uh, if if I didn't was a garbage man and I didn't like being a garbage man, it would be pretty hard for me to think about being a garbage man all day and how to be a better garbage man because I wouldn't. It's not something I enjoy doing. I am lucky in the sense that I am doing what I like, and the reason I am doing what I like is because I I always did what I liked. I left medical school because I didn't like what I was doing to do bodybuilding, which is what I like. But I realized that when I did that, I better I better put a hundred percent of my energy into this because if I don't, I will fail. And I don't believe in failure. I don't believe in, I think that failure is just a, fail, a failure to work hard enough at what you're doing. So um, you can't put like pressure on being successful, but you can just do your best at what you do. And the success seems to follow that. And, and, I, and I tell this to all the people that work with me, I say, I'd say, don't worry about, don't worry about, you know, what the outcome is, where we're going to be in six months. Just do the best job that you can about what you're doing right now. And I guarantee the success will follow, the money will follow, and all the accolades that go with it will follow. And so far, you know, I think that people are seeing the are seeing what we're doing here with RX Muscle, which started as like a, a pipe dream, basically. People thought it was a joke. And it's, it's turned into one of the biggest media outlets online right now, as far as in the bodybuilding, fitness, and figure industry. So, um, 
you got to keep that mindset and you can never doubt yourself. I, I think uh, Wayne Dyer had another great quote uh, from one of the you know, great uh, thinkers of our time. And he said, in my life, there are no mistakes. And that's a very, think about that statement. It's a very, very, uh, I guess, very wise statement. Because if you never believe that anything goes wrong in your life and that everything is for a reason, you'll always find the positive reason. You'll always find a positive outlook on everything that happens to you. You might break your leg, but maybe you meet like the most important person in your life because you broke your leg in the hospital waiting room or something like that. So you, you always have to, in your mind, say nothing is wrong in my life. Unless you're doing something wrong. Unless you're, you're shooting heroin in the bathroom and then you wonder why you, you know, you're in the hospital <laughs> you know, with an IV in your arm. Obviously, you caused that. So. Yeah. Good answer, Dave. Well, listen, we're just about out of time. I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, sit down with me this evening. If anybody wants to reach you, of course, they can get you on the RX Muscle website. And you also have another website, right? Um, your own personal website. On DavePalumbo.com, you can get, you know, background on me. You can contact me through there. But I have the Dave Palumbo store, which I'm starting to add some really interesting products to uh, in the Dave Palumbo signature line. Buy a black mica for sale. Uh, I'm going to have grounding pads soon. You know, obviously, I sell your euphoria, uh, which right. is a huge, very popular seller on there. Uh, and uh, you, you might want to keep checking it periodically because uh, we just redid the whole store. It's going to be going up probably in the next week. And I'm going to keep adding new stuff to it so that people can, uh, you know, find some of the products that I find useful to myself. Uh, obviously, uh, speciesnutrition.com is the supplement site. And uh, uh, the, our baby is rxmuscle.com. And it's uh, only going to be bigger and better in 2012. I promise you that. we got a lot of new stuff planned. Jeff knows what I'm talking about. And uh, it's, people are going to be shocked. We got the, we're dropping the atomic bomb uh, in the next uh, two months here. That's great. That's great, Dave. Well, again, thank you for your time. And once again, thank you for listening. This has been RxMuscle.com's Quantum Physique. Stay tuned next week for another fabulous show. Quantum Physique with Brian Cunningham is dedicated to harnessing the power of the holy grail of health, fitness, lifestyle, and success. And you'll hear Quantum Physique every Wednesday evening only on RxMuscle.com.